Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Monday, September the 12th, 2022. It is currently 8.08 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast over the past few weeks, you notice kind of a theme has emerged because in a number of different series, I keep asking people to send me, well, a list of three things all dealing with different topics depending on which series you're listening to. I started off by asking you to give me three things that you think the church needs to be teaching young people. Like if you look at young people in 2022 within the church, What should the church be focusing on? What should the church be teaching young people? And that's a part of a series where we are reviewing sermons from a youth conference that was held this summer in Indiana. And I I haven't continued to pursue reviewing those sermons because of just how frustrating each sermon review has been, but we will get back to that. I have not completely forgotten. So what three things should the church be teaching young people? I mean, they, they can look at the situation like, man, these are our three priorities. Number two, three things that you're miss that you think is missing in preaching today. If you look at preaching, preaching maybe in your church, you don't have to tell me it's your church. Preaching that you just listen to. What are three things that you think is missing in preaching today? I still want you to send me your three things. Three enemies within the church. What are the three main enemies inside the Christian church today? We need to identify them, and then three, three things that would bring unity to, to at least more unity to the body of Christ. Three things. Obviously, it's not going to fix it, but three things that could bring unity to Christians, some type of unity. So I've been asking about these three things, three things, three things, three things, three things, three things. And, and I think there, I think there is something, I, I think there's possibly something that could possibly show up in a number of these lists. But I, I just want you to continue to think about that. But here is kind of another question. Here's another question. What are three things that you think is desperately missing in the lives of most Christians? Three things that you think is desperately missing in the lives of most Christians. So if we go through these three things, Three things the church needs to be teaching young people. Three things missing in preaching today. Three enemies within the church. Three things to bring unity. And three things missing in the lives of most believers. If you just look at Christianity at large, what are three things missing in the lives of most believers? And and you don't, don't just point at other people. Consider yourself, obviously, in this. Now, all of those questions really clearly demonstrates or implies that there's some major issues going on within Christianity. There's some major problems. There's some major issues. And I do know this, that for throughout the history of Christianity, whenever there is like, okay, wait, we've got a problem here. We've got a problem here. This seems to be an issue. This seems to be an issue. This seems to be an issue. The church, somewhere within Christianity, someone rises up and goes, I've got the solution. I, I figured it out. Wait a minute. Many churches aren't growing. Wait, I've got a solution. Stop trying to build the church for Christians. 
build the church for the unchurched. Okay, wait a minute. We we need a purpose-driven church. We need a seeker-sensitive. We need an emerging church, whatever. There's always, Christianity is always providing its solutions. And in a roundabout way, I'm asking you to provide solutions. I'm hoping your solutions will be biblical. But Christianity is always looking around going, oh, this needs to be done. This needs to be, this needs to be done. And sometimes maybe there are good, maybe they are absolutely good solutions. Maybe they're biblical. Maybe they're theological. Maybe they are, they're absolutely wonderful. But sometimes, I know I'm going to sound extremely skeptical here. Sometimes I have to ask, does any of it really matter? Because I've seen this movement, this solution, this idea, and I, I, does any of them actually work? Now, if you were to ask me about a number of those three things, Somewhere in there, somewhere, somehow, I would probably talk about some major issues within Christianity when it comes to the study of God's word, uh, you know, memorizing scripture, reading scripture, daily devotional time. Something about that would probably show up in many of those lists in some way, shape, or form. If you were to ask me three things that are missing in the lives of many believers, daily, consistent time in God's word, and anything coming close to something meaningful— It's hard enough to get Christians to do a 15-minute devotional each day or a 20-minute devotional each day. There's major issues there, and every study seems to confirm that. And, of course, everyone's always trying to find a solution. Now, I mention all of that because, well, this is kind of connected to, to some of that because I came across an email. I don't even know when it was, maybe two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, And I was like, oh, interesting. Here's some ministry. I think the ministry is based in Austin, Texas. And they're like, we we know what the problem is. Christians are not spending daily time in God's word. Christians no longer have a devotional life. And they gave some examples of this person and this person and this situation. And people like, I, I don't really read my Bible. I don't really study my Bible. I don't really pray, but I'm having all of these problems in my Christian life. And they're like, we've got to come up with a solution. Now, at least they tried to come up with a solution. And that solution led them to create the Pursue God You could call it a planner or you could call it a journal, the Pursue God Journal. And I've got the 90-day version right here. It is how many pages? 200 and let me look here. 256 pages. 256 pages in the Pursue God Journal or Planner. Um, now, if you, it, it, I'm going to talk about this, and I'm going to talk about it at, because, in, in one way, I think it's connected to all of the three, three problems here, three things here, three things here, three things here, and I think in so many of those issues, a lot of those things come down to we need a solution, and I'm always interested when Christianity has a solution where there's one thing everyone seems to be in agree on, agreement on: Christians do not have a consistent daily time in God's Word. They don't. Now, there have been. So many tools that have been pr- produced in, in the history of Christianity to try to help Christians with this. I'm just looking at my table right here. I have here the Stand Firm God's Challenge for Today's Man. This is a quarterly 
devotional, try, trying to help men get into studying and reading God's word. And I mean, and this is not even real. I couldn't even really call this study. This is just like a 10, 15 minute devotional. Now you could turn it into a study if you would, but you can't even get the men to do the 10 or 15 minute part. Wait, I'll also have over here, if I could reach it, feature a daily Bible study guide right here. Now, I tried my best in the history of my church to put this in the hands of everyone and try to get everyone to do it every day, and that failed miserably. That was not success. Oh, I have right here, Pathways to His Presence, a daily devotional, and a, a hardback book for a year of devotionals. So those, those are, and I could, I could go on. I've got, I've got stacks and stacks of books on this table, which all are designed to get people to study God's word on a daily basis. The Version Bible app has reading plans. I mean, there, there's so many ideas and products and ministries all trying to fix the problem. And, 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 and whenever a new ministry emerges, they start hyping it like we've done it. We've done it. Uh, you know, 50 million people are using our product and 49 million people have made a profession of faith and, and whatever their numbers are, there's always these, you know, absolutely astounding numbers, but nothing happens. I remember, uh, back in the 1990s. Oh, I absolutely loved it. Uh, it came out, I believe every quarter it was the, uh, the what was it called? The Discipleship Journal. The Discipleship Journal, and I'd go to the to the Christian bookstore and wait when the new new one uh, arrived. The new, uh, I was going to say the new episode, the new issue, um, and I would get it and I'd go home and I would devour the Discipleship Journal. It was kind of designed for the small group kind of thing, but I'm like, this is this is awesome. It gives me something to work on every single day. Well, guess what? That that publication went away because people stopped using it. People stopped using it. Uh, you've got the uh, the Discover the Word podcast, which is designed for like a small group. I, mean, I could just go on and on and on. There is so much content and material out there, but yet you can't get Christians to do it. And nobody seems to have an answer why. And, and what really drives me crazy is usually it's the people in the pew or the people listening to the podcast who won't just won't say, here's the reason I don't do it. I don't think it matters. I don't think it, I don't care. I don't want to. You can, you can badger me. You can make me, I don't care. And, and now sometimes I will get Christians who will basically say, look, I'm, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. And if I want to read, I'll read. I don't want to read. I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I'm not bound to some daily discipline thing. Many Christians almost feel like this, like daily in the word of God is like a discipline is some archaic thing from, you know, the 1300s in a monastery. They're like, that's not my Christianity. Um, and then you look at, well, Christianity and you, you, can you say maybe that's the problem? Can you imagine if all Christians were spending time daily in God's word and using something that would unify us, that would, that would be really great. But even if we were just all doing that, do you think that would be a step to unity? Do you think maybe young people need to be taught? I mean, I, I see some of those three things that would come back to this, but I say all of that because I want, I mean, whenever someone's like, Hey, we've got the solution, we figured it out. And according to them, I think they said millions of people are using it. I don't, I don't remember the numbers um, they, they claimed, but the Pursue God Journal. Now, what I, what happened is I got an email saying, hey, you can get the Pursue God Journal, which is normally like $24.99 or whatever, uh, but you can get the journal and our online course for basically daily devotional using the Pursue God Journal, an actual like course, um, 
and you can get them both for $24.99. I'm like, well, I'll sign up. I'll take the course because I'll, I'll take, you know, you give me education. I'll take it every single day. So I'm taking the course and, and the Pursue God Journal is the textbook. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm fascinated. It does, how does this work? Does this, does this revolutionize, transform lives? So I'm going to give you a little overview of what's in it, mainly just to say, do you think this would actually work? All right. Now, I love the journal itself. I love the material. It's just it's standard black. Um, it uh, has a, a gold uh, thing that says Pursue God. I think I do, I do love the way they have it. They have Pursue with a capital P, but it's all run together. Pursue God. P is not capitalized. God is uh, G-O-D. All of it is capitalized. So it's pursue. And the emphasis is not on the pursuing. The The emphasis is what we are pursuing. It's not on the pursuing. The emphasis is on God. I, I do. That's that's a very symbolic, but I think it's very powerful. The emphasis shouldn't be on the pursuing. It should be on what we are pursuing and we are pursuing God. All right. You open up the journal. Um, first two things are blank. I'm going to make sure there's nothing here. Uh, the, the third page is blank. And then the fourth page says the Pursue God Planner. So they refer to it as a planner. And it says this belongs to, so you can write your name right there. And it looks like uh, Pursue God, uh, they they are available on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and it looks like uh, they're also, uh, they have a website. So I don't know what it's, PursueGod.com, maybe I'd have to look it up. But then you open it up to page, what would actually, they, they label it page two, if you're actually counting the page as well. That's okay, You'll, you will see it, all right, if you, if you decide to get one. But here's how it's is set up. Yeah, it's www.PursueGod.com www.pursuegod.com is where you can probably, you can order one of the journals for yourself. But here is what they have. Pursue, P-U-R-S-U-E, is an acronym for a holistic daily devotional experience. This planner and journal was designed to help you focus on accomplishing God's plans for your life while inspiring you to pursue healthy relationships with the Lord. It's meant to bring together a lifestyle of of, contemplative, if I can say the word, contemplative journaling. Now, that's interesting. When you think of contemplative prayer, contemplative journaling, some people will immediately condemn that. There there are some churches say the contemplative prayer, contemplative journal, that's that's, you know, Catholic mysticism, that's new age, there's, no, stay away from it. Others will, but, but while they condemn it, in many cases, they don't really have anything to offer in its place. We will see if there's an issue here, but contemplative, contemplative journaling and integrate it with intentional pursuing. So what this is supposed to do is these concepts, a lifestyle of contemplative journaling with intentional pursuing. So a lifestyle of contemplative journaling with intentional pursuing. Now, a lot of people like, what is that? That just sounds so vague and kind of wishy-washy and mystical. I understand, but I I am curious, what exactly do they mean by contemplative journaling? And what do they mean by intentional pursuing? The intentional pursuing, I think I can understand. 
says, when we live out of a strong sense of hearing from God and we follow it up with actions based on his direction, we will see God do absolutely amazing things in and through our lives. Now, immediately I have an issue here because it sounds like they're going to go, is this one of those things where I'm doing contemplative journal journaling where I listen to what God is telling me? right? And then I'm writing it down. This is so common in the evangelical world today, which which is just funny because they're like, hey, here's Christians are not spending enough time in God's word. And if this turns into, okay, you read a scripture, now listen to what God is telling you. Well, then you're not really listening to the scriptures. You're listening to some still small voice that's supposedly telling you something, which actually destroys the doctrine of sola scriptura. But we'll see if that's the direction they go. But so far, the two major concepts is contemplative journaling and intentional pursuing. They says, we designed this planner and journal for use over a 90-day time period in which you will do three things. So here are three things that I'm supposed to do with this journal every single day for 90 days. Three things for 90 days. Now, I'll stop right here and just say I've tried to get Christians to take a 90-day challenge before. Uh, right here with the uh, feature, a daily Bible study guide, because they these come out uh, quarterly, right? So for basically a 90-day period, I was like, okay, everyone, here's what I want you to do each day. I want you to grab your study guide. I want you to read. I want you to read the scripture, and then I want you to read the devotional, and then I just want you to write down something you learned from it. I'm not asking you to do a Bible study method, nothing, and guess what? Probably 80% of the people was like, nope, not going to do that. Now, they didn't just say nope. They didn't say it, but it became obviously nobody was, and so that we were just wasting the money purchasing them. You know how frustrating that is? You're like, really? You, you can't be bothered that for 90 days you're going to simply open up a, a, a devotional that literally takes you 10 to 12 minutes to read and, and write one thing down in a notebook. First, typically it was, man, I'm not writing anything down in a notebook, which is just, don't even get me started there. But I, I, I was just baffled. So I, I think the nine, and I think the reason the 90-day challenges are good, because it helps establish a habit. Once you establish a habit, then that has a tendency to stick. And I think as Christians, we need to develop a habit of doing something daily spiritually in God's word because we have a million other things that we do daily. But here's the three things they want you to do according to this journal or this, they call it planner slash journal. Number one, reflect daily, weekly and quarterly on what God is saying to you and what you are going to do in response. Now, I got no problem with that if you mean reflect daily weekly and quarterly and what God has been saying to me in the scriptures and what I'm going to do in response. So I would have to modify that. God is not speaking to you outside of scripture. You're not listening for still some still small voice, some feeling, some umption in your gumption or whatever the saying is, gumption in your, okay, whatever it is, okay. The point is, no, it's time in God's word. That's what I listen to. So if you tell me, that every day, that every day, every week and every week, daily, weekly, and quarterly, that I need to spend time reflecting on what God has said to me in his word and what I'm going to do in response, I am completely on board. Number two, 
pursue the completion of a single 90-day goal one day at a time. All right? So I guess I'm supposed to come up with some goals and try to at least accomplish one of them, one of the 90-day goals, one day at a time. Number three, practice a daily, practice daily living the great calling of pursuing God first, of pursuing first the kingdom of God. So every single day for 90 days, I need to try to pursue living that 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 I that calling of pursuing God first. For 90 days, I do every like these 90 days, I'm going to pursue God first. Now, I think it's funny because that clearly indicates we don't typically pursue God first, and they know that. And well, it's not a major issue. All right, so the three things: reflect, pursue, practice. Reflect on what God is saying in his word, pursue the completion of a 90-day basically goal. And then practice daily living of the great calling of pursuing the, the uh, first, the kingdom of God. Now, here's what they say. We recommend choosing one step you want to take in each of five focuses of your life. Now, let's try to figure this out, what they're saying here. We recommend choosing one step you want to take in each of five focuses of your life. So they're going to give us five focuses and you need to choose one step you want to take in these five areas. Number one, for example, faith. Focus on your spiritual health. Uh, focus on the kingdom. Focus uh, uh, f- uh, Focus on your personal devotional life. Daily prayer, scripture memorization, reading your Bible consistently, practicing solitude, etc., etc. So one area of my life is faith. And I need to choose one, one step that I want to take in regards to that area of my life. Faith. What am I going to do for 90 days in relationship to my faith? Next, family. Focus on the most important human relationship in your life. Marriage, kids, parents, friends, uh, whatever whatever it's going to be. What, what can you do? What can you do as far as your family? What could be one goal that you could do with your family? Finance. Focus on the, the uh, contribution you are making with your work, life, uh, creating a budget, managing your time, Increasing your tithe, increasing generosity. What would be one thing you could do in your finances? One, fitness. What could you do to bring greater health to you? And future, what what, what could you do to uh, a step you could take in the area of your future? So they want you to focus on these five areas and come up with one step for each. Faith, family, finance, fitness, and future. All right. That's kind of still vague, but okay. Then in the next page. So this is how, that that first page is how to use your planner, right? And then it says, begin your journey by establishing your 90-day goal and five kingdom life focuses on the following pages. So here we go. My 90-day goal. So I need to figure out what is one goal I'm going to establish here. One goal I'm going to establish over this 90-day period. What, What is that goal? All right. So I, I write out the goal. What is the goal? 90 days. What is what is the goal? Is the goal just to finish the journal in 90 days? Is the goal to do a daily devotional? Is the goal uh, memorize a scripture once a week in those? What, what is the goal? Next, the goal is important to me because. So I figure out what the goal is, and then I write out the goal is important to me. Why is this goal important to me? Why is this goal important to me? Accomplishing this goal will make room in my life for. Now, that's an interesting approach. 
So you've got a goal. You're going to work towards that goal. And then they're like, so by accomplishing this goal, how is this going to, what is this going to make room in my life for that? That's kind of, that's it. That's that one. I would have to work a little bit on. Then I commit to accomplishing this goal by, I got to write in a date. Then I will pursue the, this goal by prioritizing these five kingdom life focuses. So they almost have it designed. You come up with one goal and then you figure out how you're going to accomplish that goal by focusing or prioritizing five kingdom life focuses. So in other words, here's my goal. So what am I going to do in faith, family, finance, fitness, and future to meet that goal? The way it's laid out over here, I thought that you needed to make a goal for each one of those. It sounds like what you need to do is make a goal and then figure out what you're going to do in the area of faith, family, finance, fitness, and future to meet that one goal. That's, that's, that's kind of an interesting, that, that's a little bit more manageable. I got to come up with one goal. And then what am I going to do in these areas to meet that goal? Okay. Then you sign it and date it. Okay. That's, that's uh, the uh, page, that's page three. Now, page four and five is the daily spread walkthrough. They have kind of a, they have a picture of the journal itself telling you about each section. So the first thing over in the top left, on the top left-hand side, it says passage. It says see, see page 10 through 13 for daily reading schedule. So if I go to t- page 10, page 10, 11, 12, and 13 is a daily reading schedule. All right. So in the journal up here, that's the passage I'm going to be reading. All right. So passage, what, uh, what verse stood out during today's reading and why? Now, see, so the, now what, what happens is some people look at this. Okay. Now I got, we, we got to talk about this. This is important because I've, I've seen this kind of attitude I think typically it's it's Christian men who give me the attitude, but you can give them like, you can give them a journal, like a, a, a devotional guide, like here you go. And they're like, well, I'm not really getting much out of it. It doesn't really go that deep. I don't think it's that theological. And they just start criticizing, 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 criticizing. I'm like, you're not doing anything. And yet you want to criticize something instead of criticizing. How about do something? All right. It's easy to sit on the couch with a bag of Doritos and a Coke watching football and say, well, I'm not going to do that, that Bible study guide because it's garbage. How about you use it and make it turn it into something? But yeah, that, that's a whole different story. But here, the reason I'm mentioning it is, well, when, the area for passage, they don't want you to write down a lot. They just want you to write down what verse stood out during today's reading and why. Now, yes, I understand this is not going to lead to an in-depth hermeneutical exegetical study, but it's supposed to just get you in God's word. What so many people get so confused about, your devotional time is just getting you in God's word, getting something inside of you that should lead to study later. But okay, we, 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 could, we could talk about that all day. All right, underline. 
uh, write the words you underlined in your reading. So as you read, you underline things that jump out at you, and then you write out what what uh, what was what words were underlined. Next response: What was God speaking to your heart today? Now I don't like the way that's worded in any way. What do you think God was saying in that passage of scripture? All right, stand in prayer. List three things. You're believing for today. Now, I don't like that language either, but I would just say three things, or this is what I would just put prayer based on today's scripture. What am I going, what, what prayer, what, what prayer arose within me based off the reading of the scripture? Let scripture lead to the prayer. Then it says, unshakable declaration. Declare this verse every, uh, over your life today. Now, they want me to, to uh, declare today that if anyone is Christ, is a new creation, old things are, are all, all, the old have gone and all things are new, which of course is a complete misunderstanding of 2 Corinthians 5, 17, unless they mean it positionally. I can declare that true to be positionally true, not practically true, but they don't offer any context, but okay. Um, so an un- unspeakable, unshakable declaration. I think it's good to have each day remind you of an unshakable declaration, something that is absolute truth. You know, for God so loved the world that's the, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's an unshakable declaration. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So I think there is, it's perfectly okay to declare a scripture that is absolutely true as long as you uh, you declare it in its correct way and a correct understanding. Then it says eternal goal. Uh, pray about your eternal goal for today. So in other words, what is your spiritual goal that you are working on? All right. Then on the other page of the journal, you have your uh, circle the day of the week at the top. It says, be intentional. Take time to define your focus. Check your attitude and identify uh, three people to encourage. So you, you write down, what is your focus for today? After you've read that scripture, what are you going to focus on for the rest of the day? That's brilliant because the whole point of the devotional is to put something in your brain that you can meditate on all day. Then uh, you check your attitude. What is your attitude today? Is it poor? Is it average? Is it great? And then three people you're going to encourage today. You, you literally write down the three people you're going to encourage. Then you uh, have uh, list out uh, today's major to-dos, uh, to-do, um, and then morning, afternoon, and evening. You just write out the things you have to do that day. And then creative, you can do whatever. It's an idea pad. It looks like a bullet journal. You can draw whatever you want. You can do whatever you want right there. That is how the journal is broken down right? Then they have a place for sermon notes. Um, okay, and here is the acronym. Here is the acronym. Here is the acronym. It's PURSUE. P-U-R-S-U-E. Here is the, the, the PURSUE acronym. P stands for passage, right? The scripture you're going to read. U stands for underline. You're underlining as you read what's jumping out, what speaks to you, what, what jumps out at you. R is your response. You take time to write out and respond to the things that God has shown you through the word. 
S, stand in prayer. What are you going to pray about in regards to God's word? Unshakable declaration. So I think in this particular case, how you could do so, is there an unshakable declaration in the scripture reading that you read that day? Like, oh, wait, that's an unshakable declaration. I'm going to declare that today. And then eternal goals. What, uh, um, What is your eternal goal for that day? For that day, an eternal goal, something that you're going to try to pursue for that day. So there's the acronym, pursue, pursue a passage, underline, response, stand in prayer, unshakable declarations, and eternal goals. Then from there, you have the Bible reading plan. Uh, you have a place for prayer. You have uh, a number of unshakable declarations, which is interesting. These are the ones, I guess, if you can't, I guess if you can't find one in the reading, you can go back to these unshakable declarations. Now, some of these, I would have to question how they're being quoted and they're they're being ripped out of context, but okay. Um, What exactly? So some of these I would have problems with. They give you a list of eternal goals, I guess, if you can't find one, find any. And then they have the, it starts with Sunday, and uh, pastor, sermon title, main passage, sermon notes, the big takeaway. Right? I would hope my sermon notes would require far more than what they offer here. I hope. I hope my sermon notes do. I hope so. <laughs> and then um, you have what's called preview week one. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. What uh, Make this week the greatest of all time. What are your goals? What are your goals for this week? Opportunities. What is unique about this week? Attitude. How you develop a Christ-like attitude. Take a step. Write out a step for each kingdom life focus. So this week, when you're looking at your week, what are you going to focus on in faith, family, finance, fitness, and future? Then you go to the next page and boom, now you're right into, almost dropped the journal, you're right into what I've already described. On on one page, you've got passage, underline, response, stand in prayer, unshakable declaration, eternal goal. On the other, today's focus, my attitude, people I will encourage, to-dos, and the idea pad. And there you have it. There you have it. The Pursue God Journal and Planner. It it feels to me, this is my own feeling, because I've done a little bit of research in bullet journaling, that this is kind of a modified bullet journal system brought into the Christian world and kind of put together for you where and, and the bullet journal, you're kind of like making it all your own. You're doing this, you got your inventory, you're doing this, you're, you're kind of making out your calendar. You're do, and this kind of does all of the work for you and you just got to take the system and start using it. Now, first of all, I guarantee you, most people would look at it and say, never going to do it, don't care to do it, don't want to, I don't want to pursue God journal, don't want anything to do with it. Get it away from me. And they would not use it in any way, shape, or form. Others, I think, may, but then some may turn it into a legalistic thing, which would be bad. But here's the thing. We got to come up with something. Now, some may say it's just a money-making scheme, and I can understand that. 
I know this. I, I, I think I can modify this and turn it into something pretty good that you wouldn't actually need their journal. And there, obviously there's no way they could – I don't think they can copyright, you know – what to look for. <laughs> I don't think they can copyright. Uh, okay, look, you know, I, I could change it up a little bit instead of using the pursue acronym. Hey, scripture, what jumps out at you? What is your response? Prayer. Like, I don't have to use a, a declaration and eternal goal or goal. I can, I can change it up enough that I, I, don't, I don't think they can copyright that. But uh, we could modify that. We may modify that a little bit. We may modify that. And do a, a little bit of work, maybe live on the air using this system. But I wanted you to at least know about it. It's called the Pursue God Journal. And again, let me uh, just see if I can get you to the website where you can see it for yourself. Um, okay, here we go. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna go to. Um, there's my course that I'm currently taking. I'm going to put PursueGod.com. Yeah, PursueGod.com, and there you have it. All you got to do is go to PursueGod.com. Supposedly, uh, one million people are growing in their faith using the Pursue God Planner. There's a video. You can look at it. Um, They have the bestsellers are the Sunday Bundle. Get a special price and empower your faith to grow to a new level by using both the 90-day devotional planner and a Pursue God journal. You have the Daily Life Journal. The Pursue God Journal is the perfect Bible companion to help capture what you hear from God in your devotions. Um, and then the 90-day devotional planner, the Pursue God Planner, is a great tool for people that want their, their want to go to a new level in their relationship with God. What we just covered was the 90-day devotional planner, pretty much is what we covered. I don't have one of their actual journals. I call this a journal because in some ways it looks like a journal, but I can see how it's really more designed as a planner, but it kind of has everything in it that you need, so you don't have to spend time trying to figure it all out. I don't know. I, I'm i going to see what I can do with it, but I wanted to at least bring it to your attention. Again, Christianity has always got the next big, here's, here's, the, here's the solution. Sometimes I don't think the solution is near as great as we think that it is, but I know this. People aren't retaining sermons. Okay, I mean, just, just here's just some of the issues. Christianity is divided. Disunity reigns. Division is everywhere. That's just a fact. Christians are biblically illiterate, theologically illiterate, and know very little about church history. That's a fact. So we're divided. There's a, a major issue with knowledge within the church. I will argue the church, it, j- there's major issues with spirituality within the church, even in my own life. I think, I think we can all agree there. I know that we have a million things available to us. No one's taking it. I know this, that most Christians don't remember what is preached. I mean, all the studies say you, what you preach Sunday morning is forgotten by Sunday night. Do you realize from a preaching perspective, you have to ask yourself, then what in the world am I doing? I preached a sermon on Sunday morning and no one remembers it by Sunday night. Why am I wasting my time? I know that millions, probably billions of dollars have been spent in the American church trying to give people, you know, small, small group curriculum, Bible study guides, devotionals, this, this. I mean, all kinds of money has been spent to put resources in people's hands. I mean, even here for this podcast, I'm spending what, almost $50 a month trying to put Bible study curriculum into the hands of people. I'm hoping people are using it because we're spending a lot of money on trying to provide it. 
most people don't use it. Well, so, so what, do, what, what, what do you do? I, I don't know. Is there a solution? I don't know. We've got more tools available than at any time in the history of Christianity. And we seem to be weaker where in the past they didn't have all the tools and they seem to be stronger. At least that is from my perception. There you have it. I got it in the mail today. Haven't had a chance to start working on it, but I'm going to modify it. I'm going to do a little modification. And I'm going to make it work. I'm going to try. I'm going to make it work. I don't know. I'm going to do something with it. Trust me. More to come. Don't think you're going to. We may not call this the Pursue God Journal, but I may come up with just a, a devotional plan, right? We've got the devotional method of Bible study. You, you should know the devotional method of Bible study, where you use something referred to as space pets. Um, we could take a little bit of space pets, modify it with this, put it together. Maybe we could create a devotional system of our own. We'll call it the Theology Central Devotional System. Got to do something to get people in God's Word daily. We'll see what we can do. All right. You can give me your thoughts just on everything going on in the church and what you think about the Pursue God journal and, and planner. Please look it up. Uh, and uh, uh, maybe at some point, if we have the money, we'll give away some and uh, so that you can you can try one out. Uh, but whatever we can do, we always want to try to get... I want to point people to resources that I think could be utilized to help one grow spiritually. All right. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. All right. Everyone have a great evening. Thank you for listening. God bless.